Hello, and welcome to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast, where we show amazing women how to attract the perfect partner for them by embracing and showcasing their authenticity. Hey, Jen. Hey, Amy. You ready to talk about Bachelor Week 2, Best Bachelors Ever? (laughs) I'm so ready. Oh my God, I've been waiting like seven days to be able to do this, and I'm super excited, and I'm so excited for everyone who's listening. So for this particular week, I'm like less eye rolly than I am about other weeks just because I really did like Caitlin. And yeah, so they, watching this back, I was like nostalgic for like more Caitlin time. Yeah. And it will be interesting because you got the full season with her and like went through that. And there are things that I happen to love about Caitlin and the way that she, she had her season, the way she like kind of the way she responded to being on Um, And again, I'm not basing it on any other bachelorettes because I haven't seen any others, but from what I'm hearing, she comes across as one of the most genuine women to be on the show. Yeah, I I wrote down, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in my head that if Trista's season is one that we watch, which I'm pretty sure it is because she's in the promos, like the comparison between a woman like Trista and a woman like Caitlin is like leaps and bounds to me. So I'm excited if we get there to kind of have you compare. But while watching this, like they're talking about Caitlin or I think maybe I started Googling because I was like, I love her. <laughs> and she <laughs> she has a wine. Oh. And I was like, we need to try this wine in like five months or four months when we have the wine. Um, and then she has, she has like a single, like a song. (laughs) Oh my God. That's amazing. I haven't listened to it yet. I meant to, I'm realizing now like that I haven't listened to it. Um, it's called, (laughs) I can't do it that loud. Are you looking it up? It's called If I'm Being Honest and it dropped last month. So I'm and it came up. Oh, it was last month. I think, yeah, so May of 2020. Oh, that's an ad. One sec. <laughs> I have to listen to this. Hold on. Not the whole thing, but for a second. It's a country. It was in Nashville. Okay. It sounds a little country to me, isn't it? Okay, so tell me your thoughts, because there were lots of facial expressions. 
Yeah, well, I have the lyrics here while it's playing. It was apparently <laughs> the lyric version. So um, it wasn't awful. I mean, I've heard some housewives have made, have had singles and like they're blatantly tone deaf. Like you can hear that they're either talking the lyrics, speaking the lyrics, or like you can hear them trying to tone them electronically. You know, that sound that- Like auto-tune? Yeah. Okay, so like like Gorga, is that her name? Like Melissa Gorga, didn't Melissa she? Melissa Gorga had one, she's probably more, she's, she's probably one of the better ones. Okay, okay. I just there's remember. some really bad ones. Like we could do like a whole montage ridiculous like, I don't know, medley of things. Does Ramona have a song? No. Okay. Ramona has a wine, but not a song. I mean, that's believable. So, I mean, the only thing that came up was she said that something about, like, not, maybe that's why she drinks more than she should, like, because that's something that I was like, oh, that, that's not why you should drink. Right. <laughs> right. Like, what? And I only heard, like, parts. Like, people. I wasn't like, oh my god, this is amazing, and <laughs> like, it's not like I'm also not bleeding out of my ears. Right, right. We're fine. We listened, and and every we will continue to do the things we normally did. Yes. Not life shattering or life altering in any way. Yeah, and it's also not. I mean, it it sounds a little country to me, and that's probably the one genre, unless it's like there's a certain twang to it. Like there's some like Bonnie Raitt songs that I happen to like, like there, like there's something has to be in there though. Like yeah. that, the capo on the guitar, where it goes, like that kind of stuff in, in country I like, but this okay. is more of a straightforward, it's just not my jam. But we you still- are much more musically inclined than I. Like I listen to it and I'm like, it's music. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, it was fine. It was, it wasn't horrible. Okay. Let's we just have, this is how, this is how we get on here, Jen, and we say we're not going to have a really long recording, and then all of a sudden I'm like, um, it was an hour and 45 minutes long. How the hell did that happen? I feel like letting the people know that she has a wine called Spade and Sparrows, and a song is a hot take. <laughs> Are the sparrows the bird she has tattooed on her? I, I don't know if the sparrows are the exact bird, but maybe. And I, I will say my favorite suit of the card suits is the spade. Oh, of the card. I'm like, there's a suit name, a spade. I'm picturing like a, a suit. Like, a, oh, no, no. like, you know more about fashion than I do, Jen. You're our stylist, so. That's no, I just love the spade. There's something very, very classy about the spade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we digress. <laughs> okay, so back here, we're back, so we're, we're going to whisk you away to 2015, a whole five years ago where history was made on The Bachelor at when Caitlin broke all the rules, dun, 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 um, for the most dramatic season of The Bachelorette ever. Ever. He really sounds... He says that for everyone, like, the most amazing character on The Bachelor is, and then he, like, lists 10 people. We could do, like, a a montage of him doing that as well. We totally could. I was really excited to see The Bachelorette because last week when we watched The Bachelor, I was was going on and on about how it's, like, all these guys and one, or one guy and all these women by, like, going after him. And I wanted to see when the slip, when the strip, when the script was flipped, the strip was flipped. 
What did I even say? I totally missed <laughs> I said the strip was clipped. Like I wasn't even close. <laughs> well, hold on. When you have a power strip, you have to flip the switch. So maybe, maybe that's what you meant. Maybe. You maybe. were dreaming. That was a, a hard for you. <laughs> You're not the only one. You're not alone. So I got really excited. And then they freaking started this episode where they still had the guys choosing. Because they put Britt and Caitlin. So they start off this episode where, where there are two bachelorettes. And then the guys on the first night get to vote for who they want to stay. And I was so pissed about that to still give the option to the guys. I thought that was really crappy. Um, so th that was definitely one thing I wanted to like hear from you is what did you think about that? Um, I, I thought that like, if, you know, I think I can sometimes be a, a little bit at fault for like my too much of the glass being half full. Um, but I was like, if I had to look at this from a positive perspective, the men are going to go based on who they think they have a better connection with. And that mimics real life dating more than this does. But, when but that's you, not to say that men did choose. Right. But when you date, you, you don't. I like if we were both dating at the same time, I wouldn't say like, okay, Jen, you stand here and I stand here. And then these guys are going to come out of, of a limo. And then you're going to either be like totally rejected or they're going to come over and say hi. Like it was, it was so uncomfortable to watch. Um, and I, I just wanted, well, my question, I guess is, is this the only time they did this? I'm pretty sure. Okay. So I get that they wanted to kind of change it up, but like when we're talking about how finally the power is with the women having it, I mean, if you're going to have the show at all, right? They, to then start it and be like, nope, nope, that's not what we're doing. We're going to, we're going to still have the men pick felt very, it, it, it just, I didn't like it. I didn't like that they did it. And I'm assuming that if they only did it once, then a lot of people didn't like it and they chose not to do it again because of that. It was a failed experiment. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, I think they're always trying to like, you know, throw in something that makes it interesting or different. And I can't remember why they did it this season. Maybe that Caitlin and Britt were like the, the two most well-liked um, from the show. That That certainly was not my take I remember really liking Caitlin and Brit is pretty right like that's what I I, I remember being like she has great hair <laughs> now I heard and this was a not like sure memory but when I was listening to a podcast about it today that some guys left when Brit wasn't chosen do you remember if that happened it was a, it was a like, didn't this happen? Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Um, I don't think they, it's possible. I don't think they left the first night. I think they waited to see who, cause usually it's like 25 men and Caitlin picks like 15 to okay. stay or something or like 17. So maybe it was like a day or two after that, they saw if they got chosen by her and if they didn't, they were like, peace. Um, I don't remember a specific 
person leaving that night, although I don't know that I would remember. I also thought Chris's delivery and telling Britt that she was not going to be on the show was awful. It was super weird. It was like drawn out. Yeah. And it's, maybe it's even worse because we know. So we're just watching it. Like when you're watching it on TV and you don't know who he, who was picked yet. It felt like, like you're saying it, it felt drawn out, but like to me, it felt like very anticlimactic. Like he wasn't like, hey, Britt, can we go sit down? You know, whatever. It's like he walked up to her and like a random part of the terrace and was like, Britt, it's not you. Well, he goes, he says something like, Britt, um, as you know, we had the, the guys voted and they voted already and I counted all the votes so I know what the answer is. This way we brought out and only one of you are gonna get to stay. And she's like <gasps> like getting like and and that person is not you. And then he like sneaks her out the back door. Like she doesn't say goodbye to anyone. There's none of that. Like they, he just like removes her from set. Like we're yeah. out of here. Which is it was just weird to watch. Like and knowing imagining I were her. You know, thinking that he was coming up to me to say one thing, which is like the premise of the last episode of this every time is like they do that fake proposal bullshit. Yeah. Like, so anyway, I, I don't know what's a good way to say that. Um, well, they love the bait and switch on this show. Yeah, I almost feel like they should have had everybody together. And then he like counted the votes, like kind of survivor style. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, but then Caitlin, I guess, would know how many, I don't know. It just was weird. It was, it was anticlimactic, you're right, because it was, there was no show of it. I feel like that's the, the sliding her out the back door. But he, like, he spoke many more sentences than he needed to speak to be able to just say, like, he could have come up and been like, listen, I'm sorry. It wasn't you, you know? Yeah, I think counting the votes for me would have felt like watching the, the Leslie Sean kiss for three minutes. But I get your point. That would have at least been a little more climactic. And giving like a hug goodbye to the guy. I don't know. So, yeah. so moving on. Um, yeah, let's talk about these dudes. Oh, I also do want to say though, when he told Caitlin mm -hmm. that she was chosen, I really loved that immediately she asked if Britt was okay. Like it just felt really like, like I feel, and she felt, she expressed that she felt bad being excited. Like it was almost like, you know, she was torn in it. Yeah. Uh, and that was really nice. Yeah. I just, like I said, I think she's been one of the most, there's, there's one other woman who was the bachelorette that I just like really liked. Um, and there have been nice people on the show. Like there, Desiree, who we saw last week was a bachelorette. She's great. But like Caitlin just feels like someone you'd be friends with. Yeah. He feels, I think you, you watch the show and you actually feel like you get to know her personality. And therefore to me, it feels like watching a potential love story. I'm, I'm more willing to believe it. Cause I feel like I actually get to know her. Right. And therefore the men must feel the same way. You know, granted that could just be, the producers working their magic on me. Um, and if so, you know, mission accomplished. <laughs> um, 
because this was one that I, I remember feeling like really invested um, as much as one can be in a reality show. Yeah, and I there weren't so many things that she did. There were a lot of things where I was like, okay, yes, this actually feels like somebody really taking this seriously and sifting through what's in front of her and unapologetically doing that, her due diligence in that area to figure out who she thinks is the best person for her to leave with. Um, and she was able to do that, even though there were definitely, there are multiple instances during this season that they showed at least, and I don't know which ones they didn't show, where she was being pressured to make certain decisions, where she made some decisions that really pissed people off. And like, she was really like, nope, I'm gonna, I need this to, to be informative for me to know what my next step is. And even if you guys don't like it, like, then thank you next, you know, which, yes. which is how we encourage people to date. So I, I did like that. Um, so if we go through what happened, like the next part was like the sex ed class of the guys. Okay. Um, and then we have Ben H who becomes the bachelor at some point I put there, he was good with kids. He like was the one, he was, he said he minored in sex education for his youth group. Is that, this is Ben H. Um, which yeah. is a weird, I've never heard of, of sex ed as a minor. As like the reason you would, yeah, I, one youth group about sex. As, as a major, but also like that you would do it for the sake of youth group. Right, to be able to talk sex with your youth group. Yeah. And um, he had a message for Claire where he says, don't do yourself the injustice of not being yourself, which I thought was good advice. This is, this is Ben talking? Yeah. Okay. And that he's, he is this week, right? He, this week is yeah. Ben. Yeah. yeah. So by the time you guys hear this podcast, Ben's Ben H's um, episode will already have aired because we're we're not posting this until Friday. Right, and and you know, like the 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 background or the four one one on Ben is, I to me he's kind of in the same camp as Sean. Like he's just like a good gentlemanly guy, and that's definitely the the vibe they want you to get about him. Um, and he his whole sh I don't want to call it a shtick, but his his sort of process when he went on the show, and I think he says this like I felt unlovable, and I think Caitlyn's season kind of helped him realize that that he was able to be loved and was able to love and I'm sure we'll get more of that backstory because I don't remember that and when I heard that on Caitlin's recap show I was like what what like this guy because Ben seems so he seems like the guy that all the girls would be into so there there has to be some backstory there um but you know he very much seems invested in getting to know Caitlin as a person. He asks about her tattoos. I think he's, he, you know, is romantic, but also knows how to like be funny and goof off. And he comes off as very thoughtful. Um, and he and Chris Harrison are like BFF. Chris Harrison like kind of says that he's BFF and li lives down the street from everybody. 
What there was someone else that he says lives down the street. Was it not Ben? It might have been Ben. I don't know. But like the two of them like hang out, I think. <laughs> because Ben H, I mean, he's in this early part and then you don't really see him again. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know him like to be, you know, I wouldn't be able to pick him out in the lineup right now. Um, I have very little in terms of commentary about him because I haven't seen any other, I don't know anything else about him because I haven't seen his season or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but it seems like Chris, if he doesn't live down the street from everyone, he's like best friends with everybody who's ever been on the show ever. Ever. Hey, Chris is the... Chris Harrison is like, he does nothing for me in regards to the show. Like, because everything he says, he says like every five minutes, no contribution he makes is actually like important to me. Yeah, if you speak only in hyperbole, yeah. at some point, everyone's going to stop listening. Like, there's no emotional attachment to anything that he says because it's always the best season, the most shocking season. Not that we know anybody else in this country who does that. <laughs> that's all we have to say. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say on that. But he really, like, is just, it's the best. It's the, it's awesome. It's, it's like, like, world-stopping, you know? And I'm like, dude, it's The Bachelorette. Like, I don't know. But what are you saying? Like, I get, I get, he's so full of, it comes across as at least, he's so full of, he's totally drank the Kool-Aid having to do with yeah. this show and like it's what it means and what it's doing for people. And I'm like, I don't think it's really doing that for anybody. <laughs> but okay. All hot air from him. Like, it's just, you know, I don't, he just likes to hear himself talk. And obviously in this series, he likes to like plug his son. Yes. Oh my God. The whole time. <laughs> and this like, is my son. And this is my son. Who's holding the camera behind us? Is it just another freestanding camera? Like they held up a camera. They put, set up a camera that has, just so they could show his son on a camera. It really makes me feel like his son like really needs a job or needed some like boost in self-esteem. And so or the two of them are completely on the outs. One of them lost a bet. Like, I don't know. But I don't need to see the weird back profile of his son every time we go to commercial break. I know. And, and I almost feel like I'm waiting for him, for his son to be like, I don't want to be here. Like, he plays along, but, like, his whole body language is like, hi, like, my dad made me set up a camera behind me. Yeah, it definitely feels like money exchange hands. Yeah. Or that he was threatened to get have money taken away if he didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm taking away that Land Rover if you right. don't. Do <laughs> um, so then we have okay Ben Z. Yeah. And I don't, you know, they talked. Everyone was talking about Ben Z, like they all knew him. But I, you know, in reflection, and again, I don't know who he is. But then he like <laughs> their conversation. Um, I wrote big and big and uh, I wrote big and handsome. Did she say that? Maybe he makes me feel like myself. Yes, this must be what she said. And then he talks about cooking, and then he like segues into his mom dying, like seamlessly. It wasn't seamless. It was like, wait, what? Um, which reminds me of last week when we were watching it, when like these girls would have like these like they were almost like confessionals, but like 
they were like bomb dropping, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and we don't know, again, like this show is so heavily edited. We don't know if that took him like 20 minutes to work up to. And it was totally natural, like where she said, so tell me about your relationship with your mom. And they were like, let's cut out all of that and just have them, you know, throw the bomb that, that his mom has died. Right. Um, he does like, he does segue into it. He says, I love cooking. Speaking of cooking, my mom loves to cook or loved to cook. And then like told her what, you know, like that, the whole story, which was a sad story. But, um, and I, I'm noticing this, like, this is, this is kind of what we talk about to not do um it's definitely or we we award people depth if they've been through something tragic yes so then I, people have to have track have to share their sean does it later with the car flipping over a bunch of times like mm. you have to have, and i don't disagree with that i think people who don't have haven't gone through some sort of trial might not be might not have the depth to somebody who's gone through trials in their life but um it's a slippery slope. Well, I think it, the, the one thing that this show, it, this show definitely sort of boils people's, boils people down to like one or two adjectives and a story that we can, because there's so many contestants that like you almost, I think they're doing it so we will remember them. Um, so now you remember Benzie as like, the good looking big guy that had, that lost his mom. And now you can remember him, but, but I think you're right in that the show sort of conveys that like, you can get somewhere in a relationship by sharing a sad story about yourself. And it's all about timing in the real world. Um, Sean, I think shares his story much further into their relationship. If I remember, Sean is one of the last guys. Right. It's like maybe hometown dates or something where he lets her know that. Um, and, and Ben, I think, is one of the final six. So, so and I don't know when Ben shares it. Um, I think it was like a group date, but it, yeah, it, I think the, the takeaway from this is that, you know, you share it when it naturally comes up in conversation so that you're not avoiding it or deflecting it. But it's certainly not, it should not be a checklist of things I need to share to show I have depth. Right. And I know that you were saying last week that how overproduced the show is. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if they have like, are told before, like in this conversation, you need to put your reveal in. Like everybody who comes on the show has like something sensitive that they're gonna reveal, you know, and, and that that, or that they've learned over time that if you do that, then you get more airtime. I don't know, it just feels very manufactured. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that is a really good word to describe this show. Um, and in fact, you know, I, when, when I was thinking about how we talk about this on Instagram, I was like manufactured drama. Because it is, it, it, it feels like someone, and, and I don't think we talked about this last week, but there have been other shows that like spin off of this to make fun of it, like Unreal, a fictional show, where that is 100% what is happening, um, where you see the producers like go in and literally start fights between two contestants. And then they're like, turn the cameras on, 
<laughs> just so they can catch it on. I don't know that the bachelor slash bachelorette is that manufactured, but I, I'm sure someone, I think they have to fill out like a lot of paperwork. They have to say like all of this stuff about themselves. And I'm sure the person who works just with Ben Z was like, now's a good time for you to talk about this and right. kind of put that bug in his ear. Yeah. To bring it up. Um, so then Jared, mm -hmm. um, they say, and again, I only have like one line for these guys because they don't end up being on the rest of the show. So yeah. more like input because they might have, have had a longer bachelor career. Yeah. Uh, so Jared, she says it's a natural um, connection sense of humor, love our banter, every minute gets better. When he reads a po his poem, I like want to barf everywhere. I wrote, I'm sure you hated the poem thing, so cheesy. <laughs> totally hated, hated every second of it. I, it was cringy, I, I was not okay with that. Um, <laughs> you felt violated by the- I, I felt, Yeah, I felt like I had to like fast forward that part, I was not okay with it. And then he has since apparently found love with Ashley I, and I wrote, who is that question mark? And then I wrote VIP for Bachelor in Paradise, I guess. So I don't know who, first of all, who is Ashley I and why? Okay. <laughs> um, so Ashley I, I'm pretty sure is on Ben's season. So you'll see her tonight okay. or, or whenever you're watching. Um, but Ashley, so this is like, truly the most dramatic coupling ever on Bachelor. And I am not Chris Harrison. I do not think that I'm exaggerating. Um, so Ashley I goes on Ben's season. It didn't work out. Um, she's then at Bachelor in Paradise. And Jared is also on Bachelor in Paradise for the same season. Ashley, apparently, because she said in this interview that like she was excited to meet Jared which is kind of the whole shtick with, with Bachelor in Paradise is it's all these people who already know who each other are. Right. And like have seen each other either publicly or like texting each other because they're all, they're all like friends of friends of friends. Um, it's very insular um, and kind of like... Uh, Incestual. Thank you. I was like, there's a word, but the word I was coming up with was orgy. And I was like, that's not the right word. I mean, it might be, but like, that's not the, the word I'm thinking of. It's very incestuous. Um, and so on Bachelor in Paradise, like she was, she was so into him and he was not into her. And um, I think he, he like went out with Claire, who's the soon to be bachelorette, went on a date with her went on a date with um, this other, she's like really pretty, that's not helpful. Um, this other girl from Ben season, Kayla maybe, Kayla, something like that. And Ashley I was like just devastated the whole season of Bachelor in Paradise. She wanted Jared, she wanted Jared, she wanted Jared. Other guys come on, want her, and she just like can't, she's got like tunnel vision for Jared. Hi guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. And time goes by. I don't even know how much time. Just trust me, it was a lot of time. And she was still pining for Jared. 
and they like maybe kissed, maybe like tried to date, like whatever, it didn't work out. And then all of a sudden they're, they're together and everyone's like, what? It's so interesting. I, I wonder, okay, so I want to go back to the way they interacted, but hearing that that's the story, I, I've wondered about this. Like we, we've all had people in our lives that we've like been a little obsessive over or like really like, and it's usually we've created a story in our head of who they are, right? But we have like all these feelings for somebody and we like don't end up with them, but like we just are like, we're going after them, right? We have these emotions. And I, I do think about, I was going to say it often, and that would probably be inaccurate. I don't sit uh, all day long wondering this. Um, <laughs> but when I, I think about it, I'm like grateful that I didn't end up with the person who I put on that pedestal because yeah. um, I certainly didn't in the beginning feel comfortable enough uh, for a couple of reasons. I didn't feel, I wouldn't feel comfortable enough to completely be myself because I'm trying to keep them, right? Yeah. And then, also, I probably would be let down at some point when they became a human, maybe. But also, if, especially if they knew I was going after them like that, or I had those feelings, and they kind of like ended up for me, up, up with me, then I feel like it would feel very uneven, like the relationship, like they had like a leg up in the relationship. And I wouldn't like that, um, that's, that separation of power, the way that it would, it would kind of go towards him. That That's what I was thinking that like for me, I I want a relationship to start from a place of both people being equal mm-hmm. and then continuing that way. You know, there's always gonna be moments in a relationship where one is helping the other and supporting the other get through something. But like in the end, you know, at, at any given point, you are equals. And and I agree that if one person is knowingly pining after the other it does kind of set up this, this unequal or unequal balance. Uh, you know, that, that Jared always knows in the back of his mind, like if he's feeling lonely, Ashley I is always like an option. He like settled into her, it feels like. Although I did not get that from the, com- okay. So that being, uh, the other thing I was going to say is that I may have lost it. No, no, what you were about to say is exactly why I think- I thought I had something to say before this, but I'll, I'll jump into it. So then when they're actually on screen, he is like a shriveled up, like trained, like viciously trained puppy dog. Yeah. Like he's so on his tippy toes to not piss her off. It was so awkward. So weird. He's like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Like, I don't love, I don't love it. Like, it makes you like I don't know what it didn't feel like he had the power at all. It felt like she the the read I was getting is that she's a ticking time bomb, and he has now chosen to. And it, maybe it's just one section he was trying to. It was banter, and he was trying to joke with her. I don't know, but it came across as very like he was trying to keep her calm, watching because it was gonna. He thought it would be like it was going to set her off seeing it. Yeah. So, um, well, first off, Chris Harrison introduces Ashley I as the incomparable and emotional. Oh. Is so like, it, it like 
my my blood like ices over a little because that's just a very negative feminine stereotype and yeah, emotional is is tied into we've talked about before like um what the the short cousin or the second sentence in your emotional is all like the pmsing stereotypes that we don't have control over our emotions that we are all over the place, so therefore we can never have high-powered positions in anything because we're we're crazy people running around. And how 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 the hell can we like be the head of anything? Like that is a close yeah. secret to that. And and just to kind of explain, you know, there there is a lot of footage of Ashley I crying. Um, I don't know if there was as much of her crying on Ben's season as there have been on seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. And I'm pretty sure she was on two seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. And I think her and Jared might've gotten together on the second one. Um, again, like I, I should have looked this up ahead of time knowing that we were gonna talk about them, but there, there's a lot of footage. But again, we, we talk about how manufactured this is. Did she cry three times and they just got it from every angle and decide to show us like every 12 seconds that she's crying? Or did she cry as many times as the show actually gets you to think about? And, you know, you're right that, that being emotional as a woman is thought of as a, as a weakness or as a negative thing, um, leaning into crazy, that if you're emotional, you're crazy. Right. And, you know, there, there are also positive ways you can look at emotion that, that she's, you know, a full human, that she's in touch with what she wants, yep. but that's not how she's portrayed. Um, so, so already they were kind of, Chris Harrison is jabbing at her, um, in an effort to sort of paint a picture of this this relationship. And I think, I, I think I looked up that they got married like early fall of 2019. So like August, September. So they've been married for about, it's, you know, maybe six to seven months when this was filmed. Um, it's definitely quarantine when they're filming all these people, but, but yeah, there, there were really only two ways to look at the way this couple was portrayed. It was either that he's the puppy dog and she's controlling and he just wants to please her, like you said. Um, you know, is it okay if I say this? Is it okay if I do this? Or the, the other way to see it is that he knows she's so insecure about his being on the show and, and watching the, the Caitlin Bristow season that he's protecting her from this. Um, that he's like, sorry, I have to talk about this. Sorry, we have to watch this. And, and she's doing the, it's okay, it's okay, it's a part of the show. But there were some micro expressions coming through for her as well, like some like grimaces or some like awkward faces where you could tell that she was not as comfortable as she's trying to to let off. Right, and I well, I would say if I was being interviewed and I was. Inter introduced as being emotional, I, you're already setting me on the wrong foot if you're going to do stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know if she heard that introduction. I'd have to like watch it back to see. Yeah. But, 
But frankly, she could just feel really uncomfortable in Chris Harrison's presence because maybe he does make comments like that to her face. I don't like guys who, or, or anyone who make comments like that. And then I'm supposed to perform based on, you know, whatever the social setting is when you just said something really shitty about me. Right. Yeah, it was hard, it, you know, because again, I'm looking in, like walking in basically in the middle of a conversation, right? A, yeah. A year conversation. So that was the read that I got on it. But again, if the read is that he's really standing, he's walking on tippy toes, then we're, we're consolidating the stereotype that she's been put under as being emotional. So I, I'm just curious if you know, like, or if you have an opinion, you know, when we saw Tiara last week, um, her emotions felt very manipulative. Like she was utilizing emotions to try to manipulate, you know, yeah, and to get what she wanted. Did you feel that way in the past? Do you remember with Ashley I, if she was doing it as a manipulation or she just was like a very, like she was more sensitive because some people just cry more. Um, that's a great question. And I think I will have a better answer for you after watching, uh, the recap of Ben's season. Cause I'll kind of see it in the moment, but I do remember rooting for her in the sense of like, don't cry. <laughs> like wanting her to hold it together. Um, you know, and in a sense that might be coming from a place of recognition when I'm frustrated, when I'm hurt, my first response is to cry. Even if I'm not even that emotionally upset about it, it's just, that's what I feel my body wanting to do first. Yeah. And, and I, have had multiple situations in my life where people have said, well, why are you crying about this? And so I think for me, you know, there is a part that's like, Ashley, don't cry. Ashley, don't cry. And it's more of a self-talk mm -hmm. because I know what that's like. Um, we also have no idea how manufactured the situation on Bachelor in Paradise is. Like someone could have come up to her and been like, Jared is totally flirting with so-and-so and he said he'd never be interested in you and he thinks you're a fat slut. I cry if someone said right. that to me. And then like, and then it shows like a clip of Jared like walking on the beach alone and, and then they show her looking at him and she's crying and everyone's like, really, why are you crying? Like there's so much of it that that is manufactured. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad that we have this conversation because now I'll look for Ashley for this week. She's on. Yeah. Okay. So then we have Joshua, who I just want to, we don't have to talk about him so much, but man, he got that. She, he's the one who, she shaved his head. He, she was trying to do a mohawk. And then he had to have that freaking ridiculous hair for the entire season. And as things progressed, what I noticed was he got like more and more like unhinged. Like he was in those confessionals when Nick was on, was coming on and he was like so pissed, like, like real anger. And I just kept like, throughout the show I was just like oh my god Josh was like really mad and I'm like how much how much is this is being triggered to the fact that you know you're on national television and you have like one half of a mohawk in like a patchiness like it was his hair never got fixed but okay so here's the funny thing his hair reminds me of the haircut that people are getting right now those side yeah 
Like I was like, oh, that's so funny. Like that was so ugly back in 2015. And now I feel like people are choosing to get that haircut. No, but it was, this was awful though. This was like- It was more catchy. Um, yeah. But I think like there were, like if he had just shaved like all the way around, it would have been the haircut people want now. Yeah, it looked like it was, it was bad. All I'm yeah. saying is that like she admitted like he should never have been okay with that. Um, and I wonder how much of that crappy hairdo affected his mood because he was very like he had very strong opinions throughout this season. Yeah. Um, so then next angry country boy. Yes, he's really mad, especially when Nick comes back on. Like he, every time they show him, he's just he's more and more pissed off. Like as the show goes on. So I don't know. But next we have Clint. So they go on. It's the first one-on-one -on -one date, right? Is Clint? Yeah. And. Um, they have a good date, and then he, like, all of a sudden, like, this switch was flipped. Like, he's like, <clears throat> what a douchebag, this guy, Clint. Did we ever see him again in any other seasons, or was that, like, the end of it? I think that's it. And can I just say, this is random, but I was like, I need to double check. So I double checked. Ashley I is from Chris Soul season, so you uh, will not see him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so sorry. But... <laughs> In my mind, Ben Higgins and Ashley, I made more sense, but whatever. I don't cast the show. <laughs> so Clint is just a douchebag, like weird, manipulative, um, narcissist gameplay I have here. Like, so he- It's interesting because he, he draws her in very well. Ding, 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 narcissist, hello? And I was totally into it. I was like, I freaking love that this guy drew Chris Harrison on a Triceratops. And she does too. Like, it's hilarious and it's so random. It's memorable. And then, yeah, it's like all of a sudden all the true, true colors come out for Clint. Yeah, and then he is basically like, I, I went on a one-on-one -on -one date, so it's her job to come up to me and say stuff to me. Yep. And she calls him out on it. She says, I took you on the first one-on-one -on -one date and you ignore me all day. Um, that's a problem. So they, he stays on, they, they talk about this. Um, Clint says that he has decided that she's not right for him. I, I have here, she dodged right. that bullet. But first they show the bromance between JJ and Clint, right? Yeah. Um, and JJ was a similar character, like kind of narcissistic, um, always making it about himself. If, if he was bored, it was like he would start trouble. Okay, because they didn't really show that much of JJ except for when he's with Clint. And then when Clint leaves, he seems to have, got, have gotten quiet or again, they didn't show um, much of what he did. But they talk about like, they describe characters on the show as like the villain are there is does every episode every season have a villain at least one yeah because then he i mean clint blatantly says to the cameras at least that even though they're not he's not really there for caitlin anymore he's really enjoying his time there so he's basically like vacationing there and he doesn't want to leave yet so he tries to do the like this manipulative bullshit to stay on so he he wears his like special socks 
he said, I'm wearing my power socks. And he goes back out with Caitlin and kisses her. And it's Joshua who tells Caitlin about it. And I was thinking like, how do you on the, when you're out here, let somebody know that and do it graciously so you don't sound like you're petty, you know? But she does, she says, um, so many of them told me the same thing. Yeah, she said 13. 13 out of 15 guys. So that means the only two I haven't said it were JJ and Clint, right? <laughs> so 13 out of 15 say it. She says, I, she goes, this doesn't even make sense. She says, 13 out of 15 guys are telling me that, that he's like not a good person. I need to trust my gut. I'm like, that's not your gut. That's 13 <laughs> guys telling you they's not a good person. Like yeah. Yeah, when, when the same 13 guys tell her that Nick's not a good person, she ignores them. So I guess there is a gut involvement. Yeah. We'll talk about Nick when we get to Nick. Because okay. that to me has a different vibe. Um, and we can talk about why. But but yeah, I agree. Well, and, and I think Clint made some like comments to the other guys. Like, I'm the villain. Like he... He definitely enjoyed his, the role he was playing. Yeah, he was. I hope he's not actually like that in real life because he was awful. Um, and she asks him to leave. And then JJ tells him that he wasted everybody's time and he should apologize to them. <laughs> and Clint is no, has no emotion to Caitlin asking him to leave. But JJ throwing him under the bus, he has a huge emotional reaction. And I'm thinking, like, this is more than a bromance here. Like, their emotional reaction to what, ha like, was really, like, I felt very, like, um, when in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, when they're seeing the fake therapist. And she's like, so when did you realize that you were attracted to men? <laughs> yeah, so that was actually, like, a... a a part of the show that like everyone was really invested in. Um, they have this, this episode towards the end of the season called the, the men tell all or the women tell all and all the contestants come back except the final two. And they like talk about their experience and the bromance between JJ and Clint was like a thing. Like people wanted to know, are they hanging out? Are they, are they gay? Um, all of these things because it felt deeper than just one, one guy being pissed that he was going home, especially because he could care less that Caitlin kicked him out. He just wanted to hang out with JJ. Were they, did they go on it? Did they say anything? I think it was just like, no, nah, we just like think each other are really cool. I, I wonder like, if, you're, if your MO though is being manipulative in relationships and having to control, he's not really being himself either. So I would imagine that in a non, it's, it's like how we are with our girlfriends, you know? When like, if you're still entering relationships where it doesn't really feel natural to be going into them, but you feel really natural with, with your girlfriends, we say that that generally has to do with the fact that you feel most comfortable being yourself with your girlfriends, which is why people are most attracted. You're, you have a better track record of people being attracted to you when you're not attracted to them back. Yeah. 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 We've talked about that before that like, if you feel like other women or gay guys are always being like, you're so wonderful. You're so funny, but you feel like that part of you doesn't, doesn't get conveyed when you're talking to men you're attracted to. 
that's because you're not necessarily showing all of you. Right. Although I think with Clint and JJ, they were being douchebags and they were just allowing each other to be douchebags with each other. Like yeah, they were I, off of each other. Right. But they were being asked. It wasn't like they were like showing their great personality to each other. They were just being assholes. Um, yeah. I think JJ went on to be on a Bachelor in Paradise season. Um, Clint, I don't think we ever heard from again. So now we get Sean. We got him on the first night, but we get now they're like, like a date that they have with each other. Um, things were dropped like love. This is the closest I've ever been to love at first sight. In the very in their first meeting, he drops that he has like nieces and nephews or whatever, and the niece like drew her a picture. Yeah. Um, so then and then he goes into his confessional not not a confessional but into the place where he has to tell his like deep story where he got into that car accident um and she says sean has been through a lot he's really opening up about his feelings again it feels like it is the sean oh i wrote i wrote again it feels like it's the sean show not so much the caitlin like that's what it feels like for me when they're telling them when they're telling stories about themselves like we don't ever see like them say what's your family like and I don't okay. know if I'm missing it, but like, these are things like, and that's why I think I just watch it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so annoying because it really feels like, and I realize they're in a position where they have to present themselves to her. But I felt it the same thing last week, the same way last week when the women were doing it, you know, and I asked last week, is it just because they know so much about this person already? but I would be looking for on a date a back and forth. Like, and it doesn't feel like that. It feels like him telling her all about himself. That's a really good point. I do think, you know, with, with this show, part of the reason you're not seeing it is that if you watched the previous season, you know, Caitlin's story because, well, the, I should say the viewers know Caitlin's story because she shared it when she was on The Bachelor. So I, I feel a little funny being about to say this, but like, it would feel like wasted TV time right. to, to remind us Caitlin's story again. But then again, they make us watch a kiss for a full three minutes and like 24 seconds or whatever. And that's so why they have to fill that time because we get nothing of her. Yeah, so, so it, it, it makes no sense, but I would imagine that's the logic. You don't get to test out, if, if somebody already kind of knows you, you're not getting to test out how reciprocated the relationship's going to be. Which I think it goes back to what we're saying, that they're already not on an equal playing field. Yeah. Um, we were talking about that with, with Jared and Ashley for different reasons, but the show kind of capitalizes on this idea that like you're supposed to already know who this person is or that other people other contestants already know who this person is right got it you get the story through those other people yeah there's just like a voyeur quality to it where like you like know all the stuff about this person and now you're presenting yourself for them i don't know again that that it's an imbalance. Yeah, it's not how real relationships start. Yeah, and I think honestly that the fact that it's so incestuous is more of like 
everybody like what would happen in terms of feeling connected to somebody after like going into war with them like i don't think that they're connecting because of positivity i think they are connecting because they all experience this really fucked up way to meet people and now their only hope is to like keep it in the family keep it in the family like well, that not to mention what viewers do to them yep once they're on the show so it's all this like negative feedback from the external like viewership so of course you're going to sort of glom on to each other yeah it's interesting and people are signing up for it <laughs> yeah. um so then i just wrote as a side note because they show the fireworks he says i'm falling in love with you okay and then um uh, during the fireworks, I wrote, who screams like that at fireworks? Like, she was like, <laughs> like, it was, that was so weird. I was like, aside from like a five-year-old, like who reacts to fireworks that way? It was just, was it, was it a voiceover or did we actually we see her? her? We saw her screaming like, like okay. they're not going to hit you. It's called fireworks. <laughs> I feel like this show is infamous for like someone saying something. Like, like I even thought it when, when Sean said, um, closest I felt to love at first sight. Like, it's possible that like, they were like, guys, we're going to take you on a tour of the home that you're going to stay in. And they like walked him out to the pool and the gym. And Sean said, this is the closest I've ever felt to love at first sight. And he's like, that, yeah. yeah. And they're like, awesome. We're going to play that when right. you go on a date with Caitlin. So. So then, so we get, we get like the groundwork of where Sean is like, seems really into Caitlin. And then we go to New York City and that's where Nick shows up. And I have runner up from Andy's season. So like, I'm assuming this is the season right before this season or was it a while ago? I think maybe a year prior. Okay, and he was a runner up. Like he was like the, the one of the last two. Yeah, so he was the guy that went to the altar and probably started to propose and then was told no. Okay. So, and I couldn't get a read on, like, what everyone thought of Nick from that season. Like, was he an asshole during that season? Like, was he a player during that season? Was he, like, a letdown heartthrob during that season? Like, but they were all having emotional reactions to him. Yeah. And I was missing something. Like, I don't... Yeah, know. so Nick was the, like, I think once Clint left, they needed another villain. So, and Nick very much had this sort of bad boy quality to him from Andy's season. Um, but, but more in, a, in an outspoken way. Like, he just, he says what's on his mind. Um, in Andy's season, the two men she had left, Josh and Nick, did not like each other. Mm. So there was always this sort of like roiling um, tension, which we also had in this season. Um, and, and again, it's like, is that a trope that they just play up in the Bachelorette seasons that like two men can't possibly get along and both like the same woman? Um, you know, the way they play up tropes in, in other characters or relationships. Um, but the funny thing, I, I shouldn't say funny, Josh kind of has a, a bad reputation for being um, 
kind of a a lying manipulative womanizer now like i'm i'm able to say this now like 7 years later so looking back you know you look at at josh versus nick and you're like nick is definitely the better guy but when he comes on to this show it was very uh villain esque okay yeah i didn't get that completely I couldn't tell. Like, I couldn't tell people, like, we're just pissed that he's he's getting on in the middle of the season. I will tell you that throughout this, though, with Nick, I had multiple occasions where, it's interesting because you brought it up earlier, where I saw micro um, expressions coming from him. From him. Okay. Yeah. He'd be like this. I am so in love with you. I don't think you understand. Like I'm, oh, for, we're on a podcast and I'm making a micro expression. I'm shaking my head back and forth. Like he would shake his head back and forth. If you guys rewatch it, it was multiple places. And once I like saw it, I kept seeing it over and over again. Um, so whatever. I what I want to focus on though a little bit here is is Caitlin's decision and how she handled it. So yeah, I think it's really important um, yeah. to to talk about that because. I feel differently than I might have originally felt watching this back like five years ago. So when I saw it this time for the first time, um, and again, she's like on the spot. So like were her reactions perfect? No, but I thought that she, I'm like, good for you. Like if you really, if this is really supposed to be the last stint you have in dating, if you really believe that that's, you're going to come out of here with a husband and you know that there's somebody who you are questioning and you know that it will be like an unclosed chapter in your life if you don't bring him on, then fuck yeah, if you're given the opportunity, you bring him on. And I, who cares what anybody else thinks? I feel exactly the same way. Um, I wrote, this is why dating through this show is such a farce. Like, you should explore all yeah. possible relationships because if you were already talking to this guy before this show started and now you're supposed to come on, cut off all ties and pretend that that doesn't exist right the moment this show is over that guy's gonna exist again yep hi guys it's amy it's time for a sponsor break we'll be back very very shortly see you then so how like like let's say the show ended the way it did and she still ended up with Sean, Nick's still going to be there when she's done with the show. You right. have to explore all of it. Right. And bringing him on should have solidified yes. their relationship. Um, although maybe not from Sean's perspective, but it should have from Sean's perspective. I feel like it should have, although when she talks about her and Sean being together, so they're together for three, they tried it for like three and a half years after the show. And mm -hmm. she says, there was just something that, like we tried and tried, we really gave it our all. But she says something like, there were some things that he just couldn't get over. And I, that felt like it was this, like he tries to control her for part of the show to like get rid of, Nick, I'm talking about Sean now. And she doesn't let him do that. And I don't know if that's what he couldn't get over, but he like, he, he needed to really come to terms that like she really makes her own decisions. Like she's not going to, I definitely jumped ahead. 
but I just want to, you know. No, you're fine. My, my, if I'm giving you a face, it's more like me. So, so, cause I remember this show, this particular season so well. And I remember siding with Sean when I first watched it and then watching it back. Well, and I remember siding with Sean, but also being like, why is he so intense about this? Like, I think that she really was, what I will say, as, as much as I liked certain things about Caitlyn, I think she was feeding people bullshit. Okay. And like, and I don't, maybe it's not bullshit, but she was using very strong um, adjectives to describe how she felt towards people. Not as, and they were, they were weighted words, like, like love. Like she said she, at one point he gets really upset. Um, Says, he says that his instinct is to put up walls because Nick is there and she tells him not to do that. Um, and he goes, he goes, I hope you were smarter. And I was like, ooh. And he goes, not smarter, but the sky is full of shit. And I was, that's when I wrote, is there something from the past season that I didn't realize? But um, she, she admits to him when she decides to keep him, and I can't see it, I don't see it right now, um, that she shouldn't have said what she, like, shouldn't have used those feelings wor words. Like, she basically said something like, you're the one. Yeah, yeah. And so, I said that too soon. I shouldn't have said that when I still had half of the guys still on the show. Like, it was too soon for me to say it. So I think she does get swept up in situations I don't really get it from her and, and guys might do this too. And I would maybe call them manipulative, but, and it is manipulative. I think that in the moment there are times where she says things and maybe it's what she's feeling in the moment, but she's not thinking like long-term. Um, and that's a problem. To kind of elucidate on that. I think this is after, I don't remember when she tells him he's the one, but she, she has sex with Nick and she goes and tells Sean. And this is before there's a there's a part in the show where they go on to like fantasy dates where they ca can have sex um, and the cameras aren't around. Um, so this was a huge deal when this particular series. I know. Chris told me 17 times during this episode that this was. a. <laughs> we really should count because it might have been 17. It was a lot. If you want to play a drinking game and you haven't seen last week's episode, we recommend you count how many times Chris says that this was a big deal. And how many times he plugs his son. Um, you I'm will looking for my notes to see when she, because I feel like uh, it looks like it happens after. I have that she tells him she went too far with Nick and they had sex. Mm -hmm. He asks if she regrets it. And she says she does in respect to her relationship with him. So in the Sean Caitlin world, I regret it. And then he rightfully so is like, well, then why are you telling me? Like th this right. is, this is taking us backwards. Right. He says she thought it was the right thing to do, which I respect because it's harder to tell someone than it is to not tell someone. Right. And how do you, I mean, it's on national television. So what happens when she says nothing, I will say, for, for Nick to go back to the guys and not tell them, I, I, I like that about Nick, that he didn't go back and like tell everybody. I thought that was respectful of her. 
Yeah, Nick is a is is sort of an enigma because every single time he's on anything, you're like, "Am I supposed to trust this guy?" Yes, and then two seconds later, you're like, "Am I supposed to trust this guy?" No, <laughs> so it's it's tough, um, and and I think then there's the rose ceremony, and he she asks him to to accept the rose, and that's when he's like, "I need to talk to you." And that's when she says, I shouldn't have told you that you're the one because I'm exploring other relationships. Yeah. Uh, well, he also, right. And to backtrack that when they're having that conversation where she tells him, um, he says, why did you, why did you tell me? Like he said, and then he takes a minute to regroup. He goes, he says, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Like he doesn't emotionally react to her. He mm -hmm. is very still in the processing of, of what, how he feels and how he's going to react. Um, and he says, I'm going to try to put this in the back of my head, but it sucks. And I thought that that was, that was a nice way for him. He didn't just jump on emotion. Like that was a situation where he could have just like went full out emotional on her and he didn't, he kind of like took a second to process what was going on. Um, yeah, it makes you see him as, as very emotionally mature, but then there are other times where like, he won't even talk to Nick. Right. Well, yeah, to her, he's being mature. Yeah. So um, it, I feel like if she did trust me, then he wouldn't be here. So he is confusing trusting him with him being able to control her. Yeah. Or is it part of the show where like there have to be two people at the end of the show? So like she knew she was going to pick Sean for a long time. And he's like, well, why does this guy have to keep being here? Right. Well, there would have been somebody else if it wasn't him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's uh, your decision to be on the show where there's going to be somebody else. I think the the lesson here, I mean, there's lots, um, you know, is really being true to yourself. If you're If you're dating multiple people, being true to yourself about where you see these relationships going. So if we're applying this to the real world and, and you and I very much coach that, you should not feel like you are pressured into monogamy with, with, with exclusive dating with one particular person if you are not ready. But also by making decisions, um, you might feel then emotionally forced into a particular relationship. You know, like someone who's dating multiple people and ends up having sex with one of them and not the other, that might play with their head a little bit. Um, and make them feel like they, they have to make a particular decision that isn't actually the one that, that they would have made had they, you know, thought about things ahead of time, um, processed things a little more intentionally. Um, and again, this is obviously incredibly manipulated and scripted and, and not, you know, what real life dating is all about. But I think sometimes not being intentional about where you see a potential relationship going can put you in a position where you feel locked in by your own decisions. I hope I'm making sense. No, it makes sense. Um, yeah, so where do we go from here? Well, I think in the, the, the one benefit is in the real world, hopefully these two men do not know about each other and are not living in the same home. Right. That's the whole, so when, when I'm dating or when someone's dating multiple people, she doesn't have the 
the need to go and say, okay, so I'm, I'm dating seven other guys. Um, here, here are their, you know, their, their Insta handles for you to have. Um, and then like after one date calls up all the other six guys say, okay, I slept with number four. Just want to let you know, like we do it right for privacy and, and really what happens is you, you date people to your comfort level. And then when a mutual decision is made that you're going to move forward and be exclusive, then you move forward and be exclusive. But this is so, even if, if the producers aren't behind the scenes manipulating the situation, the setup of the show is such a manipulated situation, you know, where, and I guess like, how would you do this otherwise? But like, they shouldn't all be living together. They shouldn't be cut off from the outside world and all living, they, they shouldn't be sitting home knowing that some guy is out with her and they're friends with that guy. Like it, it this, it, the whole show doesn't make sense. So. Yeah. And, and I don't know, is this a, I'm, I'm, there's a couple directions I want to take this in, um, but I want it to, to make sense. So part of me wants to talk about Ian. Yeah. Um, but then the other part wants to talk about how Nick really walks in with like a leg up in yeah, this. He doesn't tell people really to the extent that, that it, we find that out after. Say that again. When he, when she talks about the, her relationship with um, Nick prior to the show and when he talks about it, when they're on the show, it's like, they say that they just like messaged back and forth a little bit, like not a big deal, but there was so much more going on. Yeah. I, and I wasn't even referring to that. I think he benefits because he knows how to play the game of the show and therefore plays it really well. Whereas these other guys are all on here for the first time. And well, now uh, when we're talking about the people kind of come back in different seasons, do they normally not come back on The Bachelorette twice? No. So normally the only time you would come back is because you're The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Or you're on Bachelor in Paradise. Yes. So Nick is a contestant twice, which means he knows what works. Um, he probably knows the producers. I also got really far in his first season too. Yeah, and I think he benefits because he never had to make nice with the other guys. He automatically was the villain, so he didn't have to play up those relationships. Um, his entire focus could be on Caitlyn. He's right. never having like a really fun conversation with a, with a bunch of guys about like the San Antonio Spurs or whatever. And then Caitlyn, he's like, oh guys, gotta go. Like he never has to divide his attention or anything. And it makes him like the shiny new toy to her. Right. And she also, we find out to the extent which she really had feeling like it was much more than just a couple of messages. Like, yeah, like she, they were FaceTiming. Like there was a lot more involved in, even though they may not have physically met prior, like right. in person. Right. Um, this was a lot more like his going on there was like, because he felt attached to her. And when he found out she was the bachelorette, he didn't want her to go through the show without getting a chance and she even said like she didn't want to walk away without having tried with him which to me is why it is so good and important that that she allowed him on the show yes i agree um so now let's talk about ian and then yeah. we'll talk to nick and sean so ian's the dude and i only know his name is ian again because i was listening to 
other people recap the show. And I was like, oh, his name's Ian. I mean, I rewound it to see what his name was because I was like, whoa, who is this asshole? Like, <laughs> like, I, I, it was the one part of the show where I was like, let me go back for a second. So um, it's really interesting. You're, Ian is an asshole to you. A hundred percent. Okay. Um, so, and I will tell you why. It's not because of how, listen, he, what it felt like was that he got to a certain part in the season and she's not paying him any mind, right? Like she's not- one of what she says. Right, she doesn't really, like she doesn't really, it doesn't, we don't see him, I don't know what else they did or if he had any other camera time in the prior, in the full season or whatever, but this was the first time we were seeing Ian for the most part. Like I don't even remember him in group shots. I don't think he's, there were any side interviews, at least not with the recap. He kind of came out of nowhere. Like I, it could have okay. been some other guy in the, in the hall who was just like, here, I'm gonna go tell Caitlin off or whatever. Yeah. So, and I get, okay. So the, the feeling behind it, I get it. Like he, he was feeling like his perspective, at least from what he said, was that she was just, she wasn't there really for like a long-term relationship or to really like connect with somebody. She was there to just make out on TV. Yeah, that it was like a free for all. Yeah, she's gonna hook up with a bunch of guys. And he even says to her, he says to her, I don't have the exact, I wish I had written it down, but he says to her something like, I expected you to be heartbroken. Like, heartbroken, was that the prior season? I have the quote. I wanted to meet the girl who got her heartbroken, not the one who wants to get her field plowed. Oh. Well, so, just to explain, Chris Souls was a farmer. Okay. So, like, the idea of plowing a field is sort of a turn of phrase that was used in the Chris Souls season, and she was rejected on that season. So, I, I think it's, it's, yes, it's obviously a sexual innuendo, but it's also kind of a reference to how he thought she was going to be after being broken up with on that season. You get far into that season? I think she was one of the last two or three. Um, again, she could have looked it up. So many, okay. Let's just peel this apart, okay? Don't, regardless of what's going internally on with with Ian someone who presents and speaks to another person the way that he spoke to her is is not a person who's ready to be in a relationship it's a huge red flag and he needs to do some inner work if he if maybe he has he, his communication is off you don't talk to people like that so it, it, he definitely came off as thinking he's superior to her and everyone else on the show right he it's like he got rejected or has, wasn't getting airtime. So he had to like put her in her place so he can walk out with his head high. Yes. And, um, but the way that he did it, you know, you could have, he could have gone in and been like, listen, I, we haven't had any time together. I feel kind of dismissed. Um, I'm going to walk. Like I'm not okay with being treated this way. I'm, I'm an actual person. And, you know, I, I kind of was hoping that we could connect. I don't know. There were other things that he could do. But when he says, um, where's the, where's the, I expected to see a person whose heart, heart was broken or whatever. It's like, okay, you're looking for a damsel in distress so you can, you can. Yes. I, it felt narcissistic. Like, like, oh, I thought I was going to come on here and be the Prince Charming and you were just going to be wrapped up in, in me. It, it felt very like self-centered. Yeah. And him saying, 
that she, she is a surface level person. So first of all, the look on Caitlin's face when he starts to really like dig in with this shit was priceless. Um, she did, she didn't move. She just sat there, I think half in shock, but she said, my blood is boiling right now. I'm super offended by you. Um, and then she says, I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you. She does say like, maybe you are deeper than I am, but that doesn't make me surface level, which is like, I don't know why she gave him even that. Um, and she doesn't owe him a lesson on how you speak to another person also and or a woman. Like you just don't, you clearly don't know her, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it was how he thought he was going to walk. He's not that deep of a person or intelligent of a person to go on national TV and present himself in such a way. Like it was so gross. Like, how are you not self-aware? Mm -hmm. Do you remember watching it the first time, Jen? Yeah, and I, I wrote uh, that I was curious to know what you thought because I remembered backing Caitlin when I originally saw it. A hundred percent. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So like someone can do something that is kind of messed up to me, right? Um, on purpose, not on purpose, whatever it is. My, I can feel very slighted. But to go for the jugular, like, like it was just, it was such a low blow. And, and also it's revealing again for him to be saying that he wanted, he wanted, he was expecting to go into a, a home, the house or into the show with like a broken damsel is just gross. And, and yeah, no, we don't want that. Like she doesn't have to, so what? So she's, she's gotten over it and is moving on and like getting her chance now to be in control and figure out what she wants. And you have a problem with that? Well, he, he only wants a weak woman. Right. Well, he, right. Or he wants to him. Well, what a, even if it's not a weak woman, what he is, he is, he's implying that she can't possibly be looking for love the way that she's doing it. Oh, like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, like she should be demure and and sad and the guy should be approaching her. She can't like go and be empowered and try people on and and go and see how things feel and kiss a couple guys because you're that's who you're gonna be kissing for the rest of your life if you're gonna marry him. Like she can't do that. That's the wrong way. That doesn't show that she's actually looking for love. He's looking for a Leslie from Sean season who's so nervous yeah. to make the first move or show any interest that the guy has to do 100% of the work. Right. He wants to be in control and he was not in control and she didn't mm -hmm. choose him. And therefore he, that's okay. If you realize like, listen, like I said, thank you next. Like he was not the right person. And, and it was just like taking up space for him to be there. And they both recognize that. Um, however, the way that he said it was just, it was, it was vicious. It was just yeah. an awful way to speak to another living human being. And she'd not done anything egregious to deserve that. Right. Um, so basically he's like, you should go. And he said, okay, yeah, I'm going to go. Um, and then I get Caitlin picks Nick for a one-on-one -on -one date. They keep talking about their physical connection. She says, my only concern is that our chemistry is too passionate. Is that a thing? I wrote, is that a thing? Like, or maybe she said that. Is No, she said it. Is that a thing? Like, are we too passionate? 
which you can, the rest of whether or not you're actually compatible can get muddied if like it's all, it's all physical. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and I wonder, was it like when we see them on the dates, it's kissing, it's, you know, I don't know that we saw a lot of the like in-depth conversations. I'm using depth and I'm like actually laughing at myself using the word depth to talk about any relationship on this show or this show in general. Um, But I do think, you know, and we've kind of joked about how they show depth on this show is like, you have to have some tragic story, but we don't really get that from, from him or their relationship. But then I also think, like, now that we know how much they were involved prior, like, was it already done? Was it already done? And um, she says, the chemistry is there, the emotion is there, everything is there. And I wrote, is that everything? Chemistry and emotion. I don't know if that's everything, but there's no way of even finding out if there's any everything because you guys are in a freaking vacuum dating each other. And eventually you will go out to the real world and then you will determine whether everything is there. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking just what, um, I also like wonder like with, with, with the women and the men on Bachelor and Bachelorette, like there've got to be some people there where it really is just a game that they want to win, you know, where it's like, I want more airtime. I want, I just want to beat people. Like some people are like just very competitive and just like want to, I don't know. So the intentions of people on the show are questionable. Yeah. Uh, so then they sleep together, right? And that's when he goes back and doesn't say anything. Um, and then they have the whole conversation with Sean. And then at the end, I was really shocked. Like, okay, first of all, I missed this cue. So at the end, when, they, when they're both driving up, I didn't realize that like the first person driving up, you know that that's the person who's getting dumped. But sometimes they change it up. They do, okay. Because when he pulled up, something happened, the, the music was like, dun, dun, dun. like when he came out, I don't remember what it was, but it was some sort of, I was definitely cued into the fact that he was gonna be the one who was dumped, which I didn't think was gonna happen, which is interesting after watching the whole thing that I should have maybe done. But he kept saying, this is the biggest reveal ever, you know, the biggest shock, the biggest letdown, the biggest, what was it, blindside of, of the history of The Bachelor. That's what Chris kept saying. Okay. And then he comes out, so then that's when I was thinking like, oh, do we know? Because then they went to commercial. I was like, oh, so we're supposed to know by him coming out first that he's gonna get dumped. Um, Sometimes they would change it up. I, I feel like, yeah, I don't know what I feel like. Never mind. I feel like nothing. Keep going. <laughs> oh, and I do. I have it here. Like dramatic music when Nick pulls up first. Does that mean he's not the one? Um, oh, and then I wrote, Nick seems so insincere to me. Why? He says, I look at you and he's not looking at her. So all these micro, like, and it could also be that he's on camera and he's uncomfortable, but he's, been on camera for a few times now, you know, and he was in it. I wonder if they do more than one take of this. I don't know, but he keeps, he's like, he's like, I look at you. I'm looking down right now for podcast listeners. (laughs) And I just love you. And I'm shaking my head now. Like, I just love you so much. And there's no other girl for me. And like he, every, there's all these like 
everything he says. And I, I, I think maybe he was having like strong feelings for her, but I don't blame him for having those micro expressions and maybe second thoughts. How long are they there together before they're supposed to like basically, she's, she has to choose within that timeline and then they're supposed to like, they're both gonna propose to her. Like I would be up there being like, please pick the other guy, please pick the other guy, please pick the other guy. I get, if she picks the other guy, I don't have to marry her. And I get a pity, like I get all this pity from being on there and then I have a chance to like actually be in a relationship with somebody else and then it would last. Like I almost feel like I'd be up there wishing that she turned me down or he, depending That's on what. fascinating. You have to get married. You don't, I mean, only like five of them have. But you have to then be in a relationship with this person that everyone's, I don't know, I feel like I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, now you're for for all of the like magazines and stuff and everyone is obsessed with knowing about you and your story and whatever and, you know, and, but like the alternate, both of them are like sequestered too for the, for the duration of the show airing. Mm. So if you're rejected, you're sequestered and you're sequestered and you just got broken up with like on national TV. Um, so, so no one wins. <laughs> just sounds like you win, you don't win. It just sounds like torture and tortured people do not make sound decisions. Yeah. Tortured people confess to crimes they didn't commit. So now you're like, decide whether or not you're in love, but you've got to do it within these parameters this quickly with nothing outside. You're also, you know, it just, it just seems like. Where game playing is rewarded. Like, so, so, so now you're supposed to get to know this person, like on a real level with your lives, but also you're sequestered. You're in a, like, let's say you win, you're in a relationship, but you can't actually talk about it. You only get to see the person like twice during the duration of the show airing. So for like three months, you only see them twice. It's crazy. Yeah, it's... I just... So basically, my review, like overall review, because then we just get like these kind of wrap-ups, um, is that Nick didn't come off sincere to me um, because of all these micro-expressions. I just was not like getting that he really like really cared about her, but he didn't come off as a villain to me either. It was, it seemed less like he was less um, aware, emotionally aware of himself than anything else. Um, Caitlin, good for her. And I think that she, I do think that for the most part, not in every second, but she kind of unapologetically went into this situation to completely be herself and really make decisions based on what she needed to be able to make what she felt was like a sound judgment in terms of walking off the show with the person that she felt was most right for her. That came across to me. That's what I felt was happening there. And I feel like Nick, not Nick, sorry, Sean, um, they don't even show them, like her telling him yes. Did they? Did they not? I don't think they did. Maybe I missed it. Oh, you're right. I remember that they didn't because I was like, that's interesting. Is that because they're not still together? Right. That's, I don't know. So they, they don't show her telling him. They show her blindsiding Nick. Um, and then 
we just get Caitlin's side of the story, which is like that she tried for three and a half years to make it work. Um, and she says, we couldn't get past some things. And I said, yes, because Bachelor, starting at The Bachelor is starting on the wrong foot. Like you're starting with all these obstacles to get through, like all the shit that happened on the show, then everyone's opinion about all the shit that happened on the show, everyone's opinion about you. Like you just, you have just like steamrolled yourself into a pile of poop that you have to like dig yourself out of at the start of your relationship. And it's like, we, I said it before, again, how to lose a guy in 10 days, but like if you're, if you're four days in and you need to go to couples therapy, then like walk, it's probably not worth the effort that you're going to have to put into the relationship. Right. You're creating a situation that's going to involve couples therapy for like the entire duration of, of your, of your relationship. If you, if you go about it this way, most likely. Yeah. I mean, the moment, the moment you either are in a relationship or are, are, broken up with your your tabloid fodder and you have to now spend six months at least fighting off all of that mm -hmm. while, while you know getting the public's opinion about you because they're all watching this show it's 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 insane there are better more sound ways to find a match for you than being on the show. So yes, they are looking for, for people for their new season. No, we do not recommend you go on it. Just steer clear. If you really wanna find somebody and you're at a loss, then reach out to us, we'll be able to help you. And with that, our friends, we bid you adieu until next time. Yeah, I love that wrap up. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Successful Single Female. Check out our website at www.successfulsinglefemale.com or check us out on YouTube at Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle. Have a wonderful day and don't forget to not settle.